Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Father Christmas to my Santa Claus. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, doing all right. Hope to be popping well, but it happens. And our jolly old St. Nicholas. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Who laughed like a bowl full of jelly because of poor eating choices. But we all, all right, well, know that none of us count as three wise men. The Seahawks have given us very little to be joyful of this holiday season. <laughs> losing losing four, their last four games, five of their last six. The Seahawks have now dropped to six and seven from five and two. About to turn into it, the Futurama Santa. My Christmas toto missiles. It is John Goodman, Kevin. Uh, it has been a it, it has been a tough go for your Seattle Seahawks lately. They still. The funny thing is, is if they uh, if they can win this next one, they're right back. They're right back in it because much like us, everyone else oh, you're is telling me there's a chance. Yeah, everyone else is messing up. There's like everyone. It is like a it is like a race to the bottom to be the the six seven seed in the NFC. We are we are Just confirming in, Nathan's priors that the NFC is a trash fire. I want to talk to you guys about the 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 bottom of this list. Okay, here are the teams that are tied. I was going right. to say, what if you fell in love with a team? that intentionally didn't score a goal. It didn't score any points until the last seconds just to get a three, nothing win. I am just okay, so a boy I fell in love standing on a goal okay. line. So that's true. Touchdown asking it to love me. <laughs> that Minnesota, if Minnesota would have lost the three, zero game, <laughs> then they, they would also be tied at six and seven with all of these teams, Which the green Bay be. Packers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, the Atlanta Falcons and the new Orleans saints. And, friskily hanging around at five and eight. You got the New York football giants and Tommy DeVito. <laughs> hey! Hey! My, my Italian sports hero and uh, the Chicago bears <laughs> at five and eight in the hunt, the in the, bears legitimately in the hunt. hunt. Oh, They're in the, the only- there's going to be an NFC team that gets eliminated in the last three weeks that gets a top eight draft pick. Okay. The Chicago <laughs> bears have, very similar playoff odds to us right now. Mostly they because are the only paper the, tigers in this. The the playoff odds calculator. They beat the Lions last week, twenty eight to thirteen. So before we like rag on the Bears too much, they have, that's a legitimately good win. Uh, one of the few good wins the Seahawks have right now is the, is the Lions, and it's crazy to me to think that like the Bears are climbing back into it. Their playoff odds are similar to ours, right around fifteen to twenty percent, depending on what site you look at. Uh, but unlike us, if they win their next game, their odds don't go up very much because no <laughs> playoff odds calculator thinks that we're going to get a victory over the uh, 10 and three Eagles right now. That's just not a thing that any of these, any of these prediction models are predicting. Most of them are assuming it's likely we will get a loss against the Eagles. And so we'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's go, let's go big picture right now with your Seattle Seahawks. So there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, discontent coming out of this game, which I think is weird. Because I think the number one thing we said we wanted to look for was improvement. And the first time we played against the 49ers in our stadium, we lost 31 to 13. And this time we uh, slightly improved by three points in both directions, 28 to 16. Woo! So, uh, you know, if we keep yeah. doing that, <laughs> now, it's only get, wait, wait, 25 to 19 next time we play. Yep. Then 22-22 tie. We're only two more games away from, from from tying. And then after that, it just wins. It's just wins. You can't argue with that. That's science. You can't argue with that. Yeah, that's logic. That's pattern recognition. Humans are very good at pattern recognition. So, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's not a good game. It was not a good game. I didn't see much improvement. I honestly felt like it was just a repeat of the first game with different clothes on. It is nice that we played that good with Drew Locke at quarterback. I'm going to give the team, give the, I will give them that. I expected worse. Missed about five throws you would have expected Gino to make. Yes. And And that's something. Do you think Gino probably targets uh, DK Metcalf through the second and third quarter also? Yeah, like on the first drive of the game, he like hit DK a couple times. And then like, after that, he, like, didn't, oh, he didn't target him again until the fourth quarter. No, like, just, just let it go. Just I'm not saying go. we were going to win this game with Gino, but maybe. The, but th- th- this game is a clear sign that Gino is much better than Drew Locke, for me at least. Like I, I was unsure how big the gap was. I knew there was a gap. Because Gino's playing really good football when he's on, when he's on the field, I think people are underestimating, especially that the last game he played, where the two seconds time to release, getting the ball out so quickly, I was like, okay, Gino's kind of got it right now. He's figuring it out. He's dialing in. This game was a big sign, you know. Hey, yes, he really is a, a lot better than uh than Drew Drew Lock. Um. Okay, I saw a stat that kind of I think sums up where the Seahawks are at right now, which is that the Seahawks have given uh, in the Pete Carroll era, Seahawks have given up 500 plus yards. I think it was 15 times and 10 of them are since 2020. The, the, the defense is in a bad place. So I want to start on the defensive side of the football and kind of go, which is weird because of how much optimism we have based on the personnel there. Sure. So let's start with the biggest problems. The core of this defense, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs is getting paid a lot of money and is playing a lot of snaps. All of those guys played 54 or 55 snaps, which we only played 55 total defensive snaps in this football game. Uh, it, I think it's really hard for the Seahawks as a football team to cover the middle of the field with just one guy who has actual lateral quickness in Quandre Diggs. Jamal is slow. <laughs> is that, Injuries is there, are taking a toll. Is there any way to put it other than that? Jamal is slow jamal is is getting slower like every quarter of a season and it's so not like he should not be getting beat by tight ends the way he is that tells you that he's lost a step yeah he's just he just does not look like he did in the past um in i coverage. say that knowing there are zero pictures of my significant other out there <laughs> yeah um my, that was probably my best joke of the whole game as i said when he got just destroyed by Debo. I just put Jamal Adams went straight to the sidelines, got on his phone and Googled Debo Samuel wife. <laughs> he just got cooked on that play. Just that absolutely was ugly. Cooked. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, he looks like hard. Bobby out there chasing around a receiver. Like it's not good. And Bobby, thank you for your service. But if you have to play more than 25 snaps in a game, we're probably not doing good on defense. He's just, he just doesn't have the lateral foot speed to keep up with a lot of the way that modern NFL teams are going to attack the center of the field. And I think the first play of the game is like a microcosm of the whole game, right? They run this outside zone speed play that just kind of cooks every single guy. We have guys over pursuing. We have guys getting washed out because they look slow. And Christian McCaffrey is fast. Still good. <laughs> Has not lost a step. And it's just... Like that, we got absolutely cooked on that play, and I mean, props to Mafe for chasing it down from behind. You are a rare light in my life at this point. But that play was there for the 49ers like three or four times, where it was just like, oh yeah, just gashed. Oh, cool, neat. That was oh, fun. Oh yeah, we can just we can just throw it for five. We can just throw a screen pass or a jet sweep and just run past these guys because they're too slow. Keep tossing it. Keep getting yeah. passes over the middle. 
Uh, it's just the ops will never adjust. This defense needs like a minor overhaul, and most of it needs to be based on speed. I think Kevin said this to me one time in regards to playing NCAA football 05, which is that if you're going to suck, at least <laughs> suck fast because you can get to the play. And That's that correct. is a that is a that is a great point. Is that these guys suck. But they suck slow, and it's hold on, hold on. <laughs> and not only do we suck slow, but we also can't make the play when we get there. We can't yeah. tackle because the guy he, it was so much of an effort to get over there that they're just getting completely washed out of the play by the first jump cut. That, Gotta that bust happens. out the Chris Carson Memorial uh, uh, gas tank for them because they're just out of energy by the time they get there. And also, and- you can pull out the sundial for when the next guy makes it over. Mm-hmm. before you guys lay it at the feet of the defense like hey we spent a second rounder on leonard williams and that was a mistake i'm just gonna tell you leonard williams is like the one of the only guys that's playing really good in this four game losing streak like consistently he has been playing consistently really good football for the last four weeks one of the only guys on the whole defense you can say that about that is a significant like they knew they had a hole they needed a plug this they they plugged it, but yes, he's not. Do we, can we look at all the other holes we're going to need to plug after cutting a lot of guys or moving on from them in the offseason? So that's and the identify thing. Identify equal studs. Do we do? Okay, so that's the question. I don't think you get rid of Quandre. No, I really. I don't. I don't think his back third coverage is is bad. Okay. He's he's struggling to make solo tackles in open space. But if our defense is actually working, he shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, that's like not really his job. His job is to cover deep third. And like he's been good at that. So like what? Yeah, it sucks that he's missing tackles in the open field and stuff. But he's being asked to do way more than than we probably should be asking him because he's he's being he's being asked to reach outside of his skill set because the rest of the defense is incompetent, especially in the center of the field. So I'm not really ready to concentrate. Jamal Adams. Yeah, cut him post June first. I I'm just over it. I I. I don't I'm not I don't think he's a bad talent. I think another team in in the right situation he could he could find a, a useful, you know, he's he's still good at finding where to go in the run game. He's still a smart cerebral football player. He could still blitz. Uh but he needs to be on a team that's going to use some kind of hybrid robber diff, something different than what we're doing with him, which is like make, playing him as like some kind of weak weak side linebacker tweener safety. That is not which you also don't pay that position that much money. Yeah, I I don't I don't enjoy watching Jamal. It's just it, 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 the time has come. It is the worst trade in Seahawks history. Would you guys agree with that? It is for me only because it's the most recent one that I hate. Uh, I can't really think of. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. You kind of go off that. If as the as the old guy, old Seahawks fan on this podcast, if I say like, "Oh, you know, losing Kurt Warner back in the day is really still still sticks in my craw," um, no, it's it's got to be. It's got to be number one. Easy. I mean, it derailed uh, the end of the, the defensive rebuild. Like the they traded two first round picks for this guy, intending to build their defense around him. He was pretty good the first year. Like they were able to to get a, a decent, you know, looks like okay, this might be all right, you know. It's they're using him kind of weird, lots of blitzes and stuff, but it might be fine. Then the next year, like he gets hurt in the first game. The next year, gets hurt in the first game. This guy barely is played uh, in the uniform, but he's been here for four years. And at this point, he's just looks he looks 
slow. He looks slow compared to what he used to look like, and he he's just not effective like he used to be. And I've we gave up a that. lot to get him. We gave up. I've a always lot hated that him. trade, but to give Kevin some credit, in the first year, Kevin said, and you know, you can go back and listen to the tape, but Kevin said something like, uh, "You know, Jamal Adams is really good at rushing the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see." if Pete Carroll can figure out the best way to use him. And then every time he'd get injured or he'd come back, I remember we'd always talk about like, well, I just don't know if Pete Carroll knows how to use him. So like, I want to, as much as I hated that trade, I think it goes back to Kevin's original comment years ago of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really think, I think Pete had his Pete Hubris plan of like, oh, we're going to do this and everything's going to be great. But it did not play Jamal Adams strengths at all. Yeah, and I think... Which wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Like, how many no. times have we seen an off-season acquisition There's... where afterwards you're like, there was not actually a plan in place for this person's real... Offense and right defense, now. yeah. they And it, it makes you think, like, they probably got this guy because of the attitude, right? Like, he has the very, like... He has a Earl, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it Earl Thomas attitude, where he's just kind of weird and he's different and he has a huge chip on his shoulder for no reason. And he and he's like he fits into the culture. I think they want. If to you want to summarize uh, his attitude, it was when he called out everyone who took a player before him, and someone else had to point out he was like the fifth pick. Yeah, he was like, like that, I just that is I just remember a chip. I just remember everyone who's picked before me. It's like four names. Wow. Cool. Good job. It's more impressive when Amon Ross St. Brown lists off every receiver picked in front of him because he was picked in like the third round. It's like, yeah. Which Amon, you got to really stretch that LSU education, ain't you? Yeah, well, they had to to have him wear number one because he couldn't count much higher than that. Okay, so so the thing is, Jamal Adams. Thank you for your service. I, I'm I'm ready to say goodbye. It it's been fun. He's not like the worst this player. And I do should have only been a single term. In some he's gonna the worst part is he's gonna land somewhere and probably have like a Tyron Matthew level like career resurgence. And I'm just gonna be pissed about it the whole time. But he's, he's just gonna never have to do one thing on one side of the field, one little pocket. Like a, what you know, that you break the he's field down. Gonna... He's fine into six p- portions. He'll have this one portion, and he's going to excel at it. It's going to suck. Yeah. yeah, and it's just he's just not going to unlock that potential here. So that's that's defense. Clint Hurt. Do you guys put much of this at Clint's feet? I feel like he is kind of a fall guy if they fire him. <laughs> is that is that too much? I don't think we can really be successful with him i don't think he's been given the tools so is it at his feet by default yeah yeah i don't care either way i i think if i i think keeping him and putting the tools together is fine if the team moves on from him though i'm not going to be like objecting to it yeah i just at this point i think like the version of the seahawks with quandre Diggs, julian love and then some uh, like just some actual speedy linebackers is probably better than the version of the Seahawks we're seeing on a week to week basis right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's kind of uh, why I'm like fine with just saying like, see you later to Jamal. It sucks. It never worked out. It, it, it was the, the highs were really high. There were games where it was like, wow, this is really it. It seems like he's back, but just, you know, can, no, no prolonged stretches. Uh, well, and the big thing is, basically the first I think year. that money needs to be put into the down three. Bringing oh, yeah. Leonard Williams in and now having Leonard Williams, Jerry you, Reed, and basically Draymond Jones, 
uh, as your front rotation three down lineman, that group is good. And you Cameron Young is like a decent guy to get some snaps, but we clearly don't have the depths of the depth of bodies on the down line like we were worried about coming into the season. And it shows because we get chewed up toward the end of the game because we're asking for a ton of snaps from some really large humans. You have to bring back Leonard Williams at this point. Uh, yeah. It would be it would be stunning. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I mean, you just cannot do it. I understand if he signs somewhere else, we get a third round compensatory because he's going to demand some level of contract. But he has a short list of teams he wants to play for. you got to hope that he's still bought in even with the losing streak and that we can it's got to hurt him a little bit to know like he got traded away from Tommy DeVito and now yeah now he's, he's watching he's watching thinking the about Giants. who he is and how he works you have to wonder if that almost works better into the re-signing where he's like uh, they traded for me and then the team went downhill man I'm gonna make my money down. I'm gonna show I'm worth it yeah so the Witherspoon injury obviously hurt it's a it's lot sucks. Sucks. it sucks to lose a player of his that leg caliber. fell off according to Pete so early in the game uh, then we we had to you know we got a, eight snaps of Artie Burns you know they're trying to mix and match they're playing a lot of three safeties with Kobe. Love in the slot um, that stuff that Kobe Bryant got four snaps okay Kobe Bryant must he's done this is it where they're cutting him this offseason. there's no way this guy's back like he's just he has completely fallen off the radar I feel like in terms or he's of, like traded if, for a backup or like a seventh round pick or something yeah. If yeah, he traded for cash considerations. <laughs> yeah. Do they do they do that in the NFL? Cash considerations. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's about all my thoughts on defense overall and just kind of big picture defense. So uh, what we're saying, uh, we need a uh speedier third linebacker we, if we're gonna try and do some of this speedy- stuff. And we should be picking up some of those like six foot to six foot two, two hundred and twenty five to two hundred and thirty five pound safeties that can run. Or uh, sorry, linebackers that can run late guys, late guys that are fast for safety or mid round guys that are fast and big for safety linebacker. And then you got to invest one pick or one big signing into a trenches guy. So just to get another body in the rotation, another effective body, because it just does feel like there there are a few guys. There are a few guys short in the trenches. Yeah, they need one or two guys to really like. Fill in capable snaps. Like Noosu returning from injury is one is an I I don't think the edge situation is super dire. Like no. when Noosu comes back, like Noosu Mafe, uh, you know the fi- Pete will finally play Derek Hall because he won't have any choice. <laughs> he uh, and he's uh, not those... a rookie, so we don't have to worry about him <laughs> penelling him. Yeah, so those guys, I think like they'll be able to build. You you couldn't if I mean if the right guy is there like you know if we're picking at seventeen and there's Jared Verse like go for it Jared Verse rules <laughs> but 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 uh you d- you don't want to you don't want to reach you know you don't want to reach ahead for an edge I think if you reach yeah, we don't at have a to position LJ call this I, I I don't think you have to reach at all I think you need to just pick like a really good football player to add to this defense that's the thing they need to do just keep adding good strong players to the defense. And then cut some of this dead weight. Because the thing is about Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner right now is, yes, they are good veteran presences. They might be culture tone setters or however you want to put it. But they're not playing good football. Jordan Brooks was not good in this game. I don't know if he was still really hurt or what. He looked he looked a step slow as think. well. He's kind of a lost season. And it sucks going into a contract year. <laughs> or like, like during a contract year. Is he, is he 
is he a plus player or is he just like Jekyll and Hyde? I never know what to think of him. I, I get real high on him and then he he's bad and then he gets injured and then he's so so. Yeah, he's had like what two really good games this year, <laughs> and then I think a, a bunch of games where you're like, okay, he's okay. I mean, the first four weeks of the season, it felt like he was back. And then he had that really good game against Carolina. He had six tackles. He had five run stops, three pressures. He was everywhere. He he was stopped. He had the three tackles in, in coverage. It just felt like he was everywhere. And then it's kind of all been. Uh, it's also against Carolina. And I'm sorry, every NFL team isn't an NFL team. And but... two sacks against the Giants the next week. Like he he was like building momentum. And then he just kind of, I don't know, he's fallen off a little bit. He does have six sacks this year, though. I don't know. I think Jordan Brooks. You don't want to overpay for him. That's no. that's my thought right now. Jordan Brooks is a guy who could be part of a good defense, but if you're if you're pay if you're paying up for him to be like the the star of your defense, you're going to be in trouble. And off all you know linebacker what, be, and box safety are two positions you don't have to pay heavy in the NFL. But we're we're committing forty six million dollars to safeties, mm-hmm. and so that that's. And that's a roster part, mistake. Part of the reason we can do that is because our starting cornerbacks are on rookie contracts, and they're both really mm-hmm. good. Well, and Willen you mean and all three of them are really good? Yes. Willen, Witherspoon, and, and Trey Brown and Michael Jackson make zero dollars, and they're all pretty decent. They're none of them completely suck. And so, I mean, Tariq has struggled, been up and down this year, especially with the tackling. But he, I still think there's but tons he's of potential there. He's a very capable there. coverage corner. Yeah, and he's. I mean, if he's your number two corner, you're completely fine. I think in most cases. And Spoon's a number so, one, inarguably. Yeah, Witherspoon's rules. Him getting hurt in this game definitely. Sucks. Sucks. Okay, here's here's the thing about the defense that really bugs me. Okay, is we play the 49ers twice a year, and every time we play them, the same dude does the same stuff, and it's like Debo Samuel every time. It's every time we play them, it's Debo Samuel. Here he comes. Here he's coming Over in the, the Here he's good. He's running a crossing route, and he's wide open. And then, I mean, yes, Debo Samuel in space is a god. Like he's so hard to bring down in open space. I get it. I'll give you that. So just don't let him get the ball. Did you did you hear Pete's comments after the game? So Pete said that they practiced everything. They practice is what the 49ers did. We just didn't execute. It's like yeah, they they keep going to Debo over the middle on short gains, large gains. They do toss plays. They do sweep plays. It was yeah. just they run out. They run outside. Different. They run outside zone. They run. They do these same things over and over. Yeah, it's just like and, and like yeah. You that's the same thing we talk about. We talked about this last week. Pete says, I have the dogs that can do this. We can we can do it if we just execute and, and can't do and it. Then, and then he says, when we get these guys to the playoffs, they'll have been through everything. Do you mean that they'll have lost a lot? Because that's what it yes. sounds like. It sounds like you'll, you're saying they're losers. Um, another thing that bothers me is that every good team we've played, we've just gotten – we've lost to this year. There's not – We got we have every, by the top teams, yes. Every team we – and I mean, yes, our schedule is very difficult. And people are like, oh, well – you know, look at what the Texans are up to, or they'll say something like that. And it's like, yeah, if the Texans played our schedule, they'd have like four wins. But but it's just, it's hard. Because but also we only have six, so this sucks. <laughs> you have to you have to beat good teams if you're going to make the playoffs. You have to get one or two wins here or there, and they just don't seem to be able to get the, the good breaks. Good teams beat good teams. Yeah, we're mid. We're so mid. This is the most mediocre Seahawks team I've watched in a long time, and I've kind of forgotten what it's like. To uh to watch a truly <laughs> mediocre secret was because when we started this podcast way back when, uh, it was me and Brett and JD, and then soon after JD uh, made way for Eric, and we were watching a pretty mediocre football team when it first started. 
It's Tavares yeah. Jackson years. Tavares Jackson years. Like we were, we started this podcast, uh, you know, just because we wanted to have fun watching, and the team was good. And I think that's why we kept going is because the team was good. The team was good. The team was good. I forgot what it's like to like really break down tape for a team that's just not that good, and it is like super not as fun. I actually, <laughs> it's demotivating. I also thought about early podcast years uh, on my way home today, Nathan, because I thought about Charlie Whitehurst. And I was like, no, no, no. Wait, remember Brett why? made the Brett made the modified jersey that's <laughs> Charlie Wires. He taped over uh, Matt Hasselbeck jersey and he put clipboard Jesus <laughs> on the back. <laughs> and then he played so, so bad. He played do you remember so when we played like that? What's that Titans? Was he played the Titans? Great, great Hank, yes. He was from the Titans. No, no, the no. Didn't, what, didn't we play against the Titans though? In the, in the game he played really bad. Well, we yeah, got him he... from San Diego and he ended up on the Titans after. But yes, yes we played him right. against the Titans and, and he, he played off. like dog, dog water. Yes. Okay, wait. I'm going to look up the career game log. Okay. The, okay, let's look at let's go back. So hold on, wait. I want to tell you go, you, you go you go today. tell me. Yeah, yeah. Tell because me. Drew Locke had that really amazing trick play that worked for a touchdown for us this week <laughs> and it reminded me of the the playoff game, or I'm sorry, the game we played against the Rams to get into the playoffs. Hasselbeck couldn't play, so Whitehurst was there, and there was the one touchdown play that mattered, and it was the okie doke play where I think John Carlson fell down, got back <laughs> up, and White, and it was it was he meant to fall down like he did a block and tripped, and then he got up and ran to the end zone. And he was wide open, and I was like, "Wow, are we back to subpar oh, quarterbacks this is, using oh, that plays?" Th- the Charlie Whitehurst play uh, would that got us into the playoffs so we yes. could get Beast, for Beastquake. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, that's I. I feel like we're on memories the memories of that this week. We're on track for that this we, year. We it feels just like. did it. We did it, it with Drew Locke, that trick play where it was. But we didn't. I don't, win. Know, I don't know if you know, but we didn't win that game. No. Well, that's because we, we didn't have Charlie Whitehurst, Kevin. <laughs> okay, Charlie Whitehurst. Drew Locke's so Charlie, more handsome. Gross and Charlie hair. Whitehurst had had uh, a couple starts in this season, but the one I'm remembering is he the is the first yards. one against. It was against. It was against the New York Giants. Actually, he went twelve for twenty three. For 113 yards, okay. one touchdown and two picks in a home 41 to 7 loss. This and at this game, Brett wore a Charlie Whitehurst clipboard Jesus jersey. And I think at the end of the game, he was like, I should never have done that. Like he was like so disappointed. And since then, since then, he has never regretted the decision because it's it's a, it's one of my favorite Brett stories to bring up. Yeah. Charlie Whitehurst so, start Charlie Whitehurst, uh, these are his yards in Seahawks games. You ready? 113, 53. Summary of the 80, season, Nathan 80, talking about Charlie Whitehurst. 83, 66, 192, 149, 97. What are what are what crappy what team are, gave up 192 yards to Charlie Whitehurst? I was gonna say you know that was, the game. Game, period. that was the game Eric was talking about that got us into the beast quake game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, two of those games, people are like, he's starting to put it together. This is this is the best one. Okay, Char- October twenty third, two thousand eleven, Cleveland Browns six, Seattle Seahawks yes. three. Three. <laughs> Charlie Whitehurst tw- twelve for thirty. Wasn't Charlie Fry it. starting for the Browns Colt, in that game? Colt McCoy. Okay, it was Colt McCoy. I knew it was somebody like that. Okay. All right. Okay. That's enough down memory lane. Um, yeah. So, defense, sorry, I brought him up. Not sorry. Nice. Defense. Defense. Bye. Defense. Put it in the book. Uh, offense. Tyler Lockett's still good. He's got something. He's got something left in the tank. He went. He went full uh, salmon jacket for the wrestling fans. You Man, know they really about. did not throw it to JSN again. Like JSN. JSN was 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 targeted with some bad throws. Yeah, seven targets, but like I would say, like two of them were like bone uncatchable. 
like very, very uncatchable. And it's, it's hard. They have weapons. They have all these weapons, but the offensive line is just not great. And it's really, really hard. It's really the interior that's killing it. Like it's just the Olay blocks we're getting from right guard and the Roto right tackle situation is rough. And you can tell it's starting to have an impact on uh, even like Evan Brown at center where he's having to like shade and play a little off balance. And it's exposing him to like speed rushes that are kind of going to the left because he has Mm -hmm. to like counterbalance to the right. And that's a, that's a problem. Like, but again, when you think about Lucas expected pickup from the off season, like these are fixable problems. Lucas is definitely there's something wrong. I, I wa- yeah. kind of watched him specifically in this in a lot because I was like, how hurt is he really? He he looks different than he did. He's not moving a year great. ago. He's not moving great, which now <laughs> leaves uh, now four holes for us to fill in the offensive line because Lewis is up and down. And I think you could take that if he was like the worst offensive lineman on your offensive line or second, even second worst. Like if he was down there, but he's our second, he's probably our second best offensive lineman right now, which is a, it's a problem. Uh, Evan Brown, like you said, Kevin, he's overcompensating for everything. Bradford is just, a, but he's a solid player. So like, I don't think he's a problem on the line. Brad, Bradford needed more seasoning. I don't know yep. the the fact that we Phil left Haynes ourselves was not someone you can rely on to start a season. Exactly. Phil Haynes has been hurt every single year. The fact that we left ourselves in a position where we were likely going to have to play Anthony Bradford for five plus games. I don't know what we were thinking. It's just like bad roster planning. I think it, they were thinking the throw him into the offensive line and everything will shake together and, and then mold together. It's not a bad thought, but we've started it, it like was. A, a billion combinations on this offensive line too. That's another problem. Like we've seen so many of these offensive lines, they get better and better. The more continuity you can have, you really don't want to be changing more than like one guy a season. And we're changing like one guy a week. It's not even, it's not even we can't even get through. We can't even get through two weeks with the same offensive line combination. We can't so get through one game insane. with the same offensive line combination. No, we got a Jason. Like Peter's I record it every game. single week and we get six or more offensive linemen almost every week this year. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I don't know what it's whatever i obviously they need to make a big we've said this for years they need to make a big investment in the interior offensive line every year they make a small investment and but then like you can do that if you already have like the infrastructure set up like this last year we should have taken dewan jones it was like a it's like a small mistake but it's like in the second round i love <clears throat> Derek Hall. i love the potential zach charbonnet i like him as well but the dewan jones thing he slid way too far he had the physicality that we look for, the, the big, you know, he's a big and he can move. And it just seemed like we're fit. If we had a guy like that playing right tackle right now, and instead of Abe Lucas's busted up hip and knee, it might make a big difference. You know, you really just need, we just need stronger offensive linemen. And it's like, it Do feels you guys if, think it hurts to miss because Creed Humphreys, Dwan Jones, like we just miss over and over. We don't Do you guys think right that uh, we came in needing two offensive tackles and then like pulled a rabbit out of our hat and got two starting offensive tackles and that made them go going into this last offseason, hey, we need a center and a right guard. We're going to come out with a center and a right guard. And it's like teams don't do that. You don't just go in expecting to be able to replace two pieces in the draft like that. And we basically relied on the draft you, to kind you of make that to... happen. 
Well, I think they, okay, so they, they, you know, I think Pete is over-optimistic. Like, they really thought Phil Haynes was finally going to play a whole season. And, you know, it's like, fool me that once, shame on me. Mistake. Fool me, fool me <laughs> twice, is... shame, shame on, shame on, we can't get fooled again. You know, like, you. That's you, such you... a Pete thing to do, though, too. And to Kevin's point, I think you're half right about that because I think they looked at Evan Brown as a, as a definite bridge. Like, they they kind of looked at the draft and were like, I don't know if we're going to get these centers. Um, right guard it is. Yeah, but I think you're right, Kevin. Yeah, Brad, there was a lot of good centers in this draft or a lot of like guys who seemed like they had the potential to be good centers. A lot of guys who had Seahawks-level center measurables, they came out of the draft with none of them. Uh, I think and- Olu, Olu's a good pickup. It's just Brown is a better center than Olu right now. But sure, like That's Brown should awesome. also be our best right guard. Brown should be playing right guard. They should just suck it up and be like, Olu's playing center, Brown's playing right guard. Let's give this combination a real shot. Because you're right, Brown is probably our best right guard right now. Bradford's just not ready. He is just absolutely He just gets not beat ready. too often. There are too many plays he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, there are plays where I'm like, dude, this guy, where did he learn that move? That's pretty sweet. And then the next play, he's getting completely washed by a, a simple stunt because he doesn't know how to play the position well enough yet. He's just not NFL caliber yet not to say he won't be because anthony bradford i think has a boatload of potential and is still super young so like and it's huge yeah you can develop anthony bradford but you know 22 year old anthony bradford right now what's he doing on the field not a whole lot uh it was nice to have walker and charbonnet back i thought they they both looked you know they like themselves they look decent uh walker doing walker stuff kind of dancing around getting hit behind the line sometimes uh, getting kind of washed in a pass blocking <laughs> game. He looked like Kenneth Walker. You know, he didn't bust the big one, which is which sucks, but it's coming. If we just keep getting Charbonnet the ball. had the power run though that really uh mm-hmm. like that made the run game where he had he had two runs of fifteen or more yards. He had the catch and run on that uh quick pass. Like Charbonnet looked really good in this one. I kinda wish we would have given the running backs a little bit more. Like they combined for seventeen carries, which isn't bad considering how few offensive plays we had. But I would like to see our offense just like everyone in the stadium knew it was a second down run. Like that's again going back to that play calling issue. It's very predictable what we do on offense. Waldron has these like play calling ticks and it's like Holmgren. So in Holmgren era, Eric, Mm -hmm. it's third and fifth. It's third and it's third and 15. What are we doing in the Mike Holmgren era? What are we doing? Third and 15. You're going, you're you're going big Mac strong. Fullback, fullback handoff to Mac strong. Which is uh, just going back and not focusing on all the negative, which is why the like 40-yard Max Strong playoff run on um, third and 15 <laughs> was the was the greatest thing we'd ever seen in our lives. Because it was like, like everyone knows know, this is coming. Did you not know this was coming? Okay, yeah. so Eric, so here, Eric, I'm going to give you the Shane Waldron Waldr- playbook. What are we going to do on first down? Oh, no. If it's it's it's, it's going to be a pass. Oh yes, it's but, a long pass. But it's here's exactly the thing: right. it's either it's either going to be a, a tu- flat a tu- left side of the field tunnel or a long screen pass, yep. yes. tunnel screen or fifty yard bomb. Those are the screen, those are you. the only those are the only options. Ooh. Which honestly, <laughs> then, honestly, seventeen games you're gonna have an odd number. Shane Waldron, so you Eric. think I'm a little soft on Shane Waldron <laughs> because he is my exact play calling from NCAA two K fourteen? Okay, Kevin. <laughs> all right, so Kevin, second down. Second we, uh, down. The first down was incomplete. Or the tunnel screen went for zero yards. It's second and ten. What are we doing, Kevin? What are we doing? 
Let's see. Uh, we are. Either, there's only one option. No, there's only one option. We are doing an inside run with K9 or an correct. outside run with Charbonnet. Okay, correct. We're running to set up a manageable third down. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. So now it's third and four. Eric, what are we doing on third and four? Uh, this is this is the best part. If it's third and four, we might be. This is this is you've done. Are we third and four? Is it four yards? Sure. Yeah. Okay. If it's four yards. Play action pass short of the sticks. Yes, we are likely <laughs> passing. If it's beyond... Or if it's, all late developing uh, routes. If it's third and two, it is absolutely a pass. We it, never run it on third and two or third and three. Third and four, you may see a run, but it's got to be a long four. It's usually oh, like yeah. third and six, then you're definitely getting a run. But it's, third, it's obscene. Another thing, too, is third and short, we're, we're throwing... It's probably a play action pass, and it's definitely not in the middle of the field. It's nope. definitely not in the middle of the field. That that area of the field is off limits. We are throwing it 50, 50 yards down the field for some reason. We're back to we bombing it. We have no-fly zone. It's just this offense is so hard to watch sometimes. It's so predictable. It's so frustrating, and it's just – yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how you go into next season – with a straight face, as sh- especially the way Pete has kind of low key buried him in the media, I don't know how you go into next season and go, yeah, was sh- Shane is our guy. But firing three offensive coordinators in such a sport short span of time is also really embarrassing. He can probably here's the thing: we say embarrassing because it's pride. Because Jody Allen owns the team, she's really like, I don't think she's gonna. I don't think Pete has anything to fear. How's that? You know what they have to do. They have to go get like a wide receivers or coach or something and make them a pass game coordinator uh, so that they can basically co-OC Waldron without officially co-OCing Waldron. It's yeah. going to have to be something like that because the issue isn't that Jody Allen's going to fire you. The issue is you start having trouble hiring assistant coaches if you're always firing your assistant coaches. Good call, Kevin. Okay. Can we do something like uh, Dick Cheney to Bush? Can we can we bring in like a, a guy who is obviously can better? Can we shoot him bird hunting? Yes. Can we shoot? <laughs> can we bring in like we bring in Parcells and then, and then he as has the to quarterback coach after we shoot him? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that he shot me. This is going. I'm sorry that he shot me. Uh, I'd like to just bring in like this older like guy who knows everything. To basically run it and be the shadow offensive coordinator. Is that a thing we can do? Yeah, can we go get Clint Kub <laughs> or what, not Clint Kubiak? That's the new Gary one. Kubiak? No. Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak. That's probably that's actually exactly what I'm thinking. I don't that's want it to Mark happen, but it makes sense. Because his his son is actually like a like a hot guy right now that people think is going to get an OC job and probably deserves one. To be honest, for the, isn't he? Isn't he the the QB coach for for the Texans? Like that's Crazy, and that he's that's doing a good job. Hire and ruin. That'll be perfect. Um. So yeah, I. I'm not a hundred percent. The Seahawks, uh, sure. Like you, could, if they go on a season next season with Waldron, I don't think that's going to be the difference maker one way or the other. How about that? Is that a? Is I that good enough. Here, I'll just I'll just speak how I feel right now. I don't think there's anything that we can do in the off season with Pete Carroll in charge that will give me a whole lot of optimism because I don't see us having a lot of salary and making it spread the best possible ways. I don't think that we're going to have the greatest draft because we don't have a gazillion high draft picks. And if we did, we're just going to 
probably trade back for more draft picks. Um, I I think it's going to be status quo like this for at least another year. How's that? Yeah, next. And, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just telling you where I'm at. See, I mean, I think it's more. I think we need more depth, and to round out the rosters, be able to weather injuries better. And so I actually am optimistic. We have a first and two thirds, even though we're missing our second. We have uh, we have enough money to make some decent moves. Like I don't see a yeah, reason. I to actually think the, think the, be good. the cap space is kind of a problem unless they really get aggressive with the cuts. And if they're getting aggressive with the cuts, like we only have they forty, we only have forty players under contract next year. And if we don't cut anyone, we already have cap liabilities that only put us like three million dollars under the cap. Now. Of course, there are some free squares. Like they're going to cut Brian Monet. That's six million dollars right Disley. away. They're going to probably yeah. They'll probably cut Disley. That's seven million dollars. The they're thing the thing is Adams. the the best way for us to create a lot of cap room is to use the like the out clause we have those five days we have to cut Geno Smith and get most of the money back. That's like the way you just you free up a ton of cap. But I'm going to be honest with you, Geno is like the best player on this one or one of the 10 best players on this team. And he's really good at this point. After seeing drew lock play, I'm like, yeah, Gino's Gino's it. If Gino goes somewhere else, he's going to be good. Like, can you imagine if, if Gino's on the 49ers, they're winning the super bowl. Like he's, he's better than Brock Purdy. <laughs> like the Atlanta Falcons sure. are dog water. Uh, put Geno Smith on the Falcons. Yeah. Put Geno Smith on the Falcons. That's like a contender. Cause I just he, thought immediately like, okay, we, we don't have a quarterback. Who do we have? Someone like Desmond Ritter? No yikes. thanks. Yeah, we'll be we'll be terrible. Gino is Gino is saving us a little bit right now. And yes, is Gino perfect? No, but he's you know between the tenth and fifteenth best quarterback in the league. And we've seen by now some of the guys that are getting rolled out of here on a week to week basis. The problem with our team is not Gino; it's the infrastructure around him. The infrastructure, like Kevin said, we need to spend draft picks and get depth. The infrastructure around these guys is just not good enough. The trenches guys, the the uh, the other dudes, they're just not good enough. And dumping a rookie into Geno's spot and then getting $30 million worth of offensive guards probably isn't going to make a huge difference. But it could because you see like these teams, like the Giants, rip off four wins with freaking Tommy DeVito at quarterback because the infrastructure is decent around him. And, you know, I'm going to bring up Tommy DeVito as many times as I can because as an Italian, uh, you know, that's one of my new – that's my sports hero now. I have to rep my guy, Tommy Cutlets. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's walking here. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> okay. Yes. I feel like if I hung out with, like, uh, people who are really stereotypically Italian by, like, the fifth day, I'd just be full-on doing the accent. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just Kevin be like, and, these are my people. Yes, I'm here. For Christmas. I'm here. I just want the Italian horn necklace that his agent wears during the games. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> dude, I love that that dude just like went all in on it. I mean, if you've seen that guy in the past, that is what he's like. He was. I know, not, he's that's not, what I mean. He's not doing a character, although he did. He's hamming no, it up he a little is a bit. Character. He is a character. He is that character. That is him. He is Al- yeah, wearing the, the Al Capone suit. Okay. Anything else we want to cover about the San Francisco game? Obviously, it sucked. We needed to win. Um, the dagger in the back was uh, the the George Kittle touchdown where Julian Love pass interfered to try to save it and then got burned anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the that was the cool. end of the game. Besides, the game was over. besides that, Julian Love had had a good game. That's yeah, it, that's he, he's decent. Like, like I said before, <laughs> he had I one think really bad 
Bad the version of the Seahawks they really, where we really love doing the Jamal Adams thing, and we need somebody else doing what we keep asking Julian Love to do. Cor- correct. We need fast, a fast guy, a really fast guy, someone who sucks but is fast. Get get a what's that guy? Tyler Nathan's Jarek Reed card. comment is really frustrating because Jarek Reed, as the He's two high guy. and slotting Julian Love in, would have been like a way of shaking things up that could have helped in a lot of packages and. Like that little hammer is gone. 20, 20 Jarek Reed snaps toolbox, a game. No little hammer. 20 Jarek Reed snaps a game would be very helpful right now. He is very good. Okay. We go, we face off against the Philadelphia Eagles at home this week. If we win this game, our playoff odds go through the roof. <laughs> sure. We, if we, if we lose 19%, if we win 61, like that is enormous. That's pretty crazy. So, Yes, this is an important game for your Seattle Seahawks. If they can find a way to beat the Eagles, and I did, I will admit, and they I sure did can. say this. I did say this a few weeks ago. I do think the Eagles are the team we're most likely to beat in the quote unquote gauntlet. Here's the problem: the Eagles are coming off back to back losses. Now they scored 19 and 13 points in these losses. They're two two teams that we played, San Francisco and Dallas, and they lost both of those games worse than we lost to San Francisco and Dallas. I just don't really want to play the mad version of the Eagles. <laughs> so I really without wish Witherspoon. I feel so much better with this game. If we have our best cover corner losing Witherspoon right before this game really hurts. Couldn't they have got Gino and no spoon. That's losing two of probably our top six players. Yes. I really wish the Eagles would have gotten like the Cardinals before us so that they could just like eat up a win, get overconfident again, and then we could just smack them down. This is it... like in the 49ers after they lost the three in a row. Yeah. Yeah, it's t- it's tough. It's you really do not want to be in the position where the, the 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 team that's better than you, right? And you you can beat them. The Seahawks have shown time and time again they can hang in there with the best teams in this league or at least be competitive, but they're just worse. They're mid. <laughs> they're they're mid and other teams are good. And you just really want to see them. We it'd be nice if we got them in a better position and we're just we're kind of catching them at the wrong time it feels like. I think uh, Monday night kind of helps us though if if Ooh. Gino plays because Gino if could Gino get plays. back. I, I think I, giving getting that extra day. I mean, basically, Spoon and Gino are game time decisions, according to Pete. Pete, Pete sounded so not optimistic, though. Did you? Did it really, felt, yeah. it really know. felt like Gino was but, not. But here's make the thing: it. Gino gave it a shot before the last game, and he decided he couldn't go. That tells me that a week. Yeah, he came week. out and ran Let's around see. a little bit and then he was like, "Nah, this ain't I think it. maybe I think maybe there's a I think there's a better chance Gino plays than, than Spoon sadly. So we have to win, you know, four in a row here. This is it. I Okay, let's let's talk philosophical. Okay, let's go big picture. Would you rather the Seahawks go 4 and 0 in the last four games, make the playoffs, lose in the first round, or would you rather the Seahawks lose the next four games, get the highest draft pick possible? I'll start with you, Eric. Oh, and four, baby. I do not want to middle and make the playoffs. There's nothing to that. You can look back and say, well, we made the playoffs so many times. Ultimately, no one cares about that. I've thrown that set out like in the NFC. It's in like something like over 10 years, the early 2000s. It's like the Eagles and the Seahawks are just eclipse everyone in the NFC for playoff bursts and playoff appearances and wins. No one cares except for the person dipping that stat. I would love Owen four and a better draft pick. Also, that may teach Pete, hey Pete, maybe you should take like some sort of position with the franchise where you uh 
you know, you just you just speak about how how great things are. Like, yeah, club president. I yeah, I do think something. I do wish he would take some kind of like leadership position like that that is not just head coach. Uh, a gold circle, a gold star. Yeah, I'd like that too. All right, Kevin, what do you think, Eric? Eric, I care. I care. <laughs> Four and oh, a December to remember. Oh. Because they don't ask how, Eric. They ask how many. How many playoff seasons do you get? I would rather watch a team go 9-8 and into eternity than watch the Mariners, which is what you're rooting for. I didn't say we're going to... We're gonna stink for forty-two out you of know, forty-six losing, years. Come on. Losing is a learned trait, my friend. And Kevin, so is winning. Kevin is Mr. 54%. He wants to win 54% of the games. <laughs> I just like I like how he channeled Kenny and Dolly for Pete Sember to remember. Yeah. <laughs> the thing playoff about feelings this in is, the middle of December. I want to get into the playoffs because when we when you have a team that's building. You talk about bringing back Leonard Williams. What does he want? He wants to go to the playoffs. You talk about, uh, you know, these rookies, getting them excited, getting that playoff experience. Um, I know it's one of those intangible things people don't want to count. It it does matter. Like, success begets success. Not only that, but we know this is the kind of team where if they sneak in, they can give anybody a run. So if they sneak in, they have a chance at winning a game or playing a team really tight. And so I'm okay with that. I think that that's more desirable. I'd rather have, what, the 20th pick and a first-round playoff exit than have the 14th pick and lose out or the 12th pick it, and lose you out. Said there's I would a say chance if, we lo- if, if we lose out, we might be like 10, actually. D- yeah, 10 is the highest we, get, we would be. If we get uh, an... Because straight so, to schedule is the last tiebreaker, and our straight to schedule is good. Kevin, you had I love you, and you had me up until you said we can give any team a run for their money. Because that's where I'm just like, eh, hard disagree. I really? Because like we, we gave Dallas a run, we beat the Lions, we could give any team a run for their money. If we can also we, get blown out by anybody. Yes, if we make it to the playoffs, I think it is is a better chance that we're just... 2023 Seattle Seahawks, chaotic We're dog food. Who knows? <laughs> um... Okay, I actually, so yeah, I, think? my favorite, my, you know, a lot of people know I really like the NBA and young teams with, with uh, lots of great, you know, future stars, uh, they don't, you don't get to go, you don't go to the championship on your first trip to the playoffs, you know, you, LeBron James, uh, and I think there are young stars on this defense, Devin Witherspoon, Boye Mafe, uh, Tariq Woolen. So I would prefer, if they got playoff experience, because I don't think we're as far away from playoffs. Um, that being said, I want one or the other. <laughs> I what I really yes. don't want is the team to go two and two, finish eight and nine, and end up with the fifteenth pick. You either get the nineteenth pick and make the playoffs, be the worst team in the playoffs, or you go down and get the ninth pick and suck the rest of the year. Do not give me two and two. Uh, that is the worst. We please. don't want some seven and nine bullshit up no. in this. Please, we are not give channeling me, our inner Jeff Fisher. Either give me what Eric said, 
or give me what Kevin said, but do not give me something between what they said. Please do not give me three and one. We barely missed the playoffs because we lost to Tennessee in yeah, week 17. Universe, <laughs> do not give us losses to Pittsburgh and Tennessee, please. Yeah. You can't that's take just, it. That's, that's the intolerable outcome for me because I'm like seven, I'm like 70, 30, you know, I'm like split. I, I can see both sides of the argument. I think they're both valid. <laughs> I just really don't want to see them go in the middle of that. And you know, what's going to happen is uh, we're going to be in the middle of it. So, all right, there are uh, predictions for next week. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I've been saying this is the most winnable game left. So I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to say the Seahawks win. I think the Seahawks win this game, 28, 24. Uh, the, Philadelphia has struggled to move the ball the last couple of weeks. Jalen Hurts looks injured. Uh, I think people are on, 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 kind of overestimating their ability. Uh, as a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner, I've definitely noticed. <laughs> so so I'm going to say uh, Jalen uh, Hurts struggles to move the ball in this game a little bit, but they get like a defense, like a short field one time because our, our, you know, Drew Locke. And then uh, we, we, we pull it Drew out. Drew Locke will let the ball go and everyone will say, oh, no. 28-24. That's my prediction. Kevin, what do you think? 17-13 Philly. Okay. That's a, that is an ugly sounding game. I cannot yep. wait to be, be free to be literally freezing outside in against in, in the the loom. Okay, Eric. I uh I'm going to give you two scores. With Gino, you're going to love this Seahawks Nation. 31-17 Seahawks. If oh, Gino yeah. plays. If Gino oh, I love plays. it. I love Gino. Yeah, okay. I I agree. Gino gives me much more hope. If Gino does not play, uh, 24-10, Eggles. <laughs> I like how you think Gino Smith is like a 40-point swing. That, that's my favorite part of those Did picks. you watch any of the game? I did. Drew Locke is, <laughs> did you Drew Locke watch is not where, great. Where Drew Locke had a pocket, and the minute he did this, and we he did, did this pose, and I was like, we don't have a receiver on the moon, and you can't get to the moon. And then it just went, Phew! It's so short. I was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" And they and they did make 500 yards of total offense against us last week. So Drew like Locke the, needs LASIK because he clearly has depth perception issues. It is bad for a guy with a hose. He shorts it a lot. I All saw right. no hose, Kevin. Uh, there are many ways to support the CX Nest podcast. Best way to do so: head over to. Patreon.com slash CXNest for as little dollar twenty four a month. Come join the conversation in the Discord. Uh, do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Cracksnacker420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rifles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and Chip. Also, Kevin, we're supposed to we're supposed to give a, a nice restaurant recommendation right here. Uh, do you have a place that you like to eat uh, in the greater uh, Seattle area? You mentioned a place to me this weekend that I have no problem endorsing. Oh, yeah. And that it. is uh, Sumner's Buttered Biscuit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big If portions. you would like to get some amazing breakfast and the best cornbread in the Pacific Northwest. That's not bread. The Buttered Biscuit. That is not cornbread. Corn cake. Cake. That's like that's like they give you like a butter covered slice of cake before your meal, and it's like it is a cornbread. Bi- it's a and it big is amazing. slice of cake. It's a big slice of cake. It's like oh yeah, here before you eat, do you want eight hundred calories of ca- of cornbread and butter? And it's like yeah, and sure. the answer is I'm, yes. I'm, I, so I didn't. <laughs> also, I didn't eat they any- do grandma's eggs, which is their way of fitting an entire breakfast scramble as your eggs as a side inside yeah. of your breakfast. Grandma like, eggs is ridiculous. <laughs> it's the whole the whole place is ridiculous. It's it's cool. It's really fun. It's like if Black Bear Diner tasted a little bit better. 
Um, it's like a Blackshirt Diner was good, yeah. Yeah. Um, is this is this what uh is this what I'm looking at? Is yeah, that that is yep. it. Except what? for the except for all that butter will be melted by the time it gets to the table. Oh but man, I gotta. It's not open right now, but you've never been so there. You've never been there before. Eric? It exists. How you know how I feel about the South End? Am I ever going to Sumner or Tacoma? No. Oh yeah, we'll go. Why we don't you go. knock me out and put me in your trunk? Yeah, you yeah, should go there. there. South End's got a lot of good breakfast spots. Marsha Silver yeah. Spoon. Uh, there's there's all kinds of places that you can get a good breakfast in the South End. Little Jerry's. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, there's a service that we use to uh, to record this podcast. It's called Zencaster. Uh, if you want to join Zencaster, it's honestly like a, a real great product. Uh, video, audio, um, they do a really good job. They have some tech that makes it so that your audio files cannot possibly get lost, which is very helpful for us because uh, we're wholly incompetent. <laughs> so we use Zencaster. We enjoy it. If you want to record your podcast, you want to record all your thoughts about the Seahawks. Maybe you think differently. Maybe you think this team should tank for four years and uh, really be like the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, if you're like that, you, you know, let everyone know by recording your podcast, the Seahawks Nest Podcast 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, head over to Zencaster.com, use our promo code Seahawks Nest, and you'll get 25% off your subscription. All right, Movie Club. Uh, I listed off 30. I got to share the link to you guys, huh? Because th- you guys yeah. are going to. Um, uh, this is going to be called you Christmas move fast. movies. Here we go. Uh, we're going to tear these fast. movies off. Eric, you know what? If you just want to dip out, and we, we'll just we'll just pick for you. We'll say, "Oh, Eric really Christmas. likes. Eric this really is likes. Christmas. Let's go. <laughs> Eric really likes. Um... <laughs> you can't even do it. Just put <laughs> Eric, the list up. <laughs> Eric loves Love Actually. Um, I actually don't. <laughs> no, me either. That's why. Good. That's why I said that. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't like that movie. Oh, okay, thanks, Eric. I was never for years. I heard people say, you know, it's a great Christmas movie, and I would just look at them like, okay, here yeah, we go. Nothing so this, says Christmas this is, quite like spousal how, infidelity. How many pots have you smoked? Uh, do we okay? So S A S A B D C D F S is the best. Save for the best of the best. There should your S tier should be small and mighty, uh, <laughs> and then F. Uh, F is the worst. Okay, let's start off. We're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, there is 30 Christmas movies here. I used Ranker.com's list of 100 greatest Christmas movies and then kind of filtered out uh, like like pointless sequels or sequels of movies that I thought were bad. <laughs> so I don't need to put the sequel as well. Stuff like that. All right, we're going to start off with Arthur Christmas. Okay, have you guys seen Arthur Christmas? 2011 yep. animated <laughs> film. Yes. Uh, Bill Nye plays Santa Claus. James McAvoy plays Arthur this movie is super solid. I think it is the quintessential B movie that we should like kind of judge around. So it's a great starter for me. Yeah, but I would say think? it's exactly above average. It's either a C or a B for me. Um, and I tend to be a little kind in my rankings on these. So I go B. I'm going C because uh, military North Pole always bugs me. I think it's, okay. I think it's played yeah. out and dumb. The, the, the militant elves is a, is a good yeah. point against. Uh, so we got General Santa always makes me go. I, I will say this. This is either the worst beach in your movie or the best sea tier movie. So yeah, I think I, like I'm fine with that. We'll just we'll just put it like there. We're gonna basically judge around it. Bad Santa. D. Uh, yeah, this I movie does nothing this. for me. It's I don't hate it, and I feel like it's better after Christmas when you still want to watch something Christmas, but you don't you don't really want the joy of Christmas anymore. I'm fine sticking this in D. Also, Kevin. Yeah, I love Bernie Mac. That's yep, all that's I want to say. Yeah, Bernie uh, Mac's really great. In these. Bernie Mac rules. D. Um, Charlie Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's S tier for me. I love it. I I love it. I love it. 
That's my. You can't change my opinion. Kevin wants it in the F. How dare you? No F. No. No way. way you no, can't. No, put no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't. I'm I, just, for I'm me, it's a, for me, mouth. it's a for me, it's a nice solid A. Like it's a it's really good. That's about where it, I'm at. I, it captures I the it captures the spirit of Christmas. It's just missing like for me personally, like the special sauce that gets you. Up Christmas is Are incomplete without watching it at least one time. But yes, this is it's a, not what I most look forward to watching. Is it the special sauce of the middle fifteen minutes that don't make any sense at all? Yes, yeah. okay. that's probably it. It's like if if it was just more of like a well rounded experience for something very short, it manages to drag a couple of times. All right, our first our first Christmas Carol, nineteen eighty four Christmas Carol, which is uh, the uh, you know George C. Scott, Anthony Walters, uh, Edward Woodward, David Warner. And George that C. One. Scott is good in this one too. This movie's I love good. this movie so much. This, this is my favorite Christmas Carol. Uh, it's the closest to the book, uh, to the novella, I guess. Um, it's S tier for me. You guys put it where you want. For me, it's a nice solid B. So, Kevin, you want to split the difference and go A here? I like uh, this movie. It is not my favorite Christmas Carol. I know what your guys' It's definitely favorite. not my favorite. But I am willing to go with... I'm willing to split the difference on A. Um, I probably have it as a B, but it's a high B for me. I'm okay with A. Yeah, A's, I think A is good. Okay, like Christmas, you said, it's really good acting. Yes, this you're right, Eric. This is the one that is like truest to the to the. Also, story. I just like it's the, like watching the, a stage play. The ghosts are very much like they're not like here's what you could have missed. Have a great night. Like they're very like they dig into like, it. Hey, and, asshole. Yes, <laughs> they're very. They're just very like they kind of smile at him sycophantically and then tell him like. Yeah, you could have had this, and you screwed it up. Yeah, you're, oh, you're, well, I'm going to leave you out the cold. See you later. Yeah, you a, a, suck. <laughs> a Christmas story. F. <laughs> I think that is a fair rating. I just, want you, I, I just I, want you to know that. I've always been against your F ratings. I don't hate this movie. It's definitely it, it caught fire like 20 years ago. And yes, it then became it, TNT got the right and decided to put it on. Uh, all day run all day and they took they a, and they took a c minus movie and made it an f i would love to put this in b but uh you know i actually was where you want to to be honest i think it i was gonna go c and i think kevin's right this is a c movie that gets too much credit so it like makes you want to rate it lower but like if i'm actually judging it on its merits it's a c. yes it's, it's, a, a, c. it's, it's a bang like average <laughs> movie we always but, talk about movies we like with like so many scenes and this is that this, this is, is that that does that it has but the connective has some... tissue is so friggin' boring. Yes, it's it's a little boring. The plot is flimsy. Kevin hates the 1950s. It has good. It has good moments. Uh, you shoot your eye out, man. Okay, Christmas Vacation. I hope Brett I, doesn't I, listen to this because I'm pretty I'm sure he's make gonna, everyone hate me. He's going to dislike what we do to this. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. F right. Uh, D. Okay. There are a couple of funny scenes. It is not terrible, but it's not good. I don't like the movie. Eric? It's not Christmas Vacation's fault that there haven't been a lot of new Christmas classics since 1991. So, like, there's been maybe a handful (laughs) of memorable movies. Uh, So, again, this gets overplayed. I would put this in B. Uh, It is is loved by everyone until they hate it. And I I think that that's the the strongest reading. Chevy Chase does nothing for me. I'm down with C and I would put it in. I would have been in between C and D. I was kind of torn. I'm splitting the difference between you guys with the D and the B. Um, There is one scene in this movie, the no bonus thing. That is like one of the best. It's so funny. That is the scene. scene. That scene is so good. 
That um, is the scene it, that elevated it, from an F to a D for me. It makes the whole movie like that. I could just watch, but I, the thing is, I can go on YouTube now and just watch that scene. So, so, uh, and it is really funny. That Jelly of the Month Club, that's the gift that just keeps. <laughs> Chevy Chase does nothing for Kevin. Hey, you hear that, everybody? Kevin doesn't like someone who is universally despised by everyone else. <laughs> okay. And yet they always clamor after these crap movies. Claymation Rudolph. This is the one burger. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. No, no, no. no. This, this is, no, no. this is the one where, uh, this is the one where everyone super hates this... people that are different. Kevin's is this the, uncle. Is this the I want to be a dentist on the bumble? This is, yes. this is the this is the dentist for this. Oh, okay. I like this, this one. Is a, this I is like a, this one. This is a B for the bumble alone. The bumble is the greatest character in. You're not going to claim Yukon Cornelius, Kevin. You're not. Gonna that was my great uncle. But that was my like, my good sir. You cannot have a bumble without a Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, uh, Yahoo. Eric. He licks the pickaxe. I could nuts. I could be convinced to go into nuts. A here if Eric's really passionate about A claymation Rudolph. I could go B to A, Eric. Are uh, you... I was I'm actually in B C territory only okay. because uh Leave it in, because in, such in today's a dick in this culture. Movie? <laughs> yes, in today's culture, man, you got the the reindeer just like what is it? Cupid is like calling Rudolph a, a fairy and stuff. That's not right. That is true. That's true. All right, uh, die hard. Oh, plus yes. Rudolph is a Rudolph is a nepo baby. Like he's Blitzen's son. Okay, Eric, Eric, yeah. Die Hard. Gotta give it an S. As I get okay. older, it's right. the Christmas movie I want to watch the most. And the more I watch it, I'm like, it really is a Christmas movie. I thought it we were gonna really argue is. here because I was gonna go A, and I thought I was gonna have to argue <laughs> to get it into A. The fact that both of you guys want to put it into S pretty much overrides the fact that I think it's A. It's a really good movie. It's an S tier movie. Uh, it's. You know, it's like flimsy as how Christmassy it is. Uh, so that it that kind of lowers it the down. the torch for all of those pseudo Christmas movies for me. Okay. But of all the pseudo Christmas movies, it's the one that I want to watch every they Christmas. They keep reminding you of Christmas, though, throughout the movie. That's what true. I realized watching it last yeah. year. Like, they're they're really kind of pushing Christmas in your face. Speaking of pushing Christmas in your face, Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of movies that are, like, played to death. It was make them it was a little harder than they are. The first like. the first couple times I watched the movie, I was like, S, this movie is great. I have seen this movie so many times now, and it is slowly lowered B? down the list. It is good. This movie's funny. It's very quotable. It might be one of the most quotable Christmas movies. <coughs> um, it's very funny. It's very it's very silly. The special got, maple syrup scene where they get drunk in the mailroom. What about great. yeah, great. The what about 26? I got my whole life ahead of me. Call me elf one more time. <laughs> Peter Dinklage is really like elf. taking that. Oh, uh, what about the introduction to James Kahn's character? Yeah. It's like taking the books back from the from the orphanage. She's like, oh, yes. the children love the books. And he's like, uh, I like hearing that. Uh, <laughs> I'll put uh, this in a B tier. I, I could go A, but yeah, B's fine. I'm good with B. I think it's a really good movie. I did just it's just you get too much. It's I'm overexposed. It's too much. Yes. Uh Gremlins. A A if it's I was a- just rating it as Gremlins, but as a Christmas movie, I would go B. I got to die hard for me. I got to I got to dock it a level just because. But because of... it's not overplayed, it's like Die Hard. It's one of those things where so Die Hard people like like talk about it, but every year it's like some streaming service you don't have is streaming it, so I can't really watch it. And Gremlins, like, Showtime, no plays All right, Gremlins. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not getting that. 
Uh, Gremlins is like something I'm watching more and more. So because I'm sick of the overplayed, I'll go B on this. Yeah, Gremlins solid. Uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch. I will say this: not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's actually that a C. That doesn't make it good. <laughs> it's, it's okay. A C or a D. It's a C or a it's D. It's okay. It's got some funny parts. Eric could doc. Eric's going to decide whether it's a C or D right here. Eric, tell oh, okay, us that's easy. It's, you're right. It's not as bad as you as people say it is. I'm willing to give it an F minus. I hate this movie. <laughs> it's crap. Uh, Doctor Seuss's widow said it was crap. Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is carrying this movie on his shoulders. He is. He's the only good thing about this movie. Everything else is complete garbage. Cindy Lou Who is just like looking at the camera like, eh, get it out of my face. <laughs> Are F, you Tommy yeah. Lee Jones with how much you hate this Jim Carrey movie? I hate his buffoonery, Kevin. No, actually, I love his buffoonery. Uh, it is Ron Howard direction, too. So it is directed in the most boring way possible. Yes. Yep. Uh, it could not be you have more boring direction. I will say that too. All right, we'll put it in D. Uh, we, I have a kind of a secret hope about this. Okay, Grinch Stole Christmas. That's the classic one. The thirty-five yes. minute yes. Uh, special. My Christmas it, is incomplete. <laughs> if I have not watched it, I will come back from all the Christmas festivities and stay up late just to watch it. If I have not had my fix, um, the music is amazing. The uh, narration. Uh, you cannot read that book without doing an impression. Um, it is delightful. The songs. The oh, it's great. S, yeah, Kevin said it all. S tier. All right, Home Alone, one. It's getting overplayed, but can I put this in is S it, tier? I about to say, is it A or is it S? It's close. It's on the board. I love it. Sure. It's so good. Let's do I it. would a. tend to lean S. A, but I'm okay if you want it to be S. Buzz, you better come down here. I'm looking. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the rest. Watching rubbish. <laughs> I'm looking at the rest of the list, and I'm just going to say I feel comfortable putting it in S. Home Alone, <laughs> Home Alone Two, B, C, C, C tier. Tim Curry handling the work of Atlas, carrying this movie on his back. Tim Curry is such a delight in everything. So good. I it's feel like wonder- I wanted to say B just because of Tim Curry. It's a Wonderful Life. A. I understand it's got pacing of an older movie. I've watched it recently. I've watched it a couple of times in the last like five years. It's good. It's 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 well. It's a well done movie. Good acting. I like the story. It's there's a reason why it's been riffed on a million times. Eric, what do you think? A, Kevin, I I will just side with Kevin because it's not worth arguing. It is a really good movie. However, there's a, like a two hour period. <laughs> In this movie, where you're just like, a two-hour, it's a two-hour movie. No, it's it's like it's like four and a half-hour movie, Kevin. It's like Ron, but of Christmas. Akira Kurosawa was "It's a Wonderful okay. Life." You want to hear this? Film historian Andrew Sarah said this is one of the most profoundly pessimistic tales of human existence ever to achieve a lasting popularity, and I completely agree. I would get personal grade F, but you guys both gave it A, so we'll just slide wow, it into okay. to, to. I'm okay with a. B. Okay, B, it's fine. Okay, Jack Frost. Hey, did you know in this? Did you know in this movie, a uh, kid plays a harmonica and turns his dad into a snowman. Uh-huh. His dead dad. His dead All right, D. Dad. <laughs> it'd be an F if it. would be an F if it didn't have Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's charming. Michael Keaton rules. Yeah, that, that, that's the best part of this movie. Is Michael? Yeah, Keaton's if it didn't snowman. have Michael Keaton, it's a straight F. But it has Michael Keaton, so it goes up one full grade for having him. Uh. I just can't imagine a mo- any other movies where Michael Keaton plays a snowman. It's just awesome. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think there are any other. It's ones. a it's a it's a very it's a very bad movie. 
<laughs> if you want to hear, <laughs> so hear okay, can I can I read you Roger Ebert quote about this? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's possible for the Jim Henson folks and Industrial Light and Magic to put their heads together and come up with the most single repulsive creature in the history of special effects. And I'm not forgetting the Chucky doll or the desert intestine from Star Wars. <laughs> um, which is true. It's, Jack Frost sucks. Um, okay. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Ooh, what do we do it's here, boys? It's a C, but it's a very charming C. It's fun. I like it. it the is. movie is undeniably bad. It it just it goes headfirst into its absurdity. It's not trying to not be absurd. It knows it's absurd. Yep. C. 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 It's the opposite uh, C from Christmas Story, where Christmas Story is a boring C. Jingle All the Way is a fun C. All right. In 2019 animated film, Jason Schwartzman plays Jesper Johansson in Klaus streaming on netflix uh you you i was it was a mystery until you yeah a a is good it's a good it's pretty good actually i would highly recommend christmas throwback i love it i would highly recommend seeking it out if you have not seen it yet there's something just like really engaging about the movie then wait krampus d krampus sucks d yeah um it's not good uh, love actually. I'm so wait. I'm so unenthused. Can we put the Krampus at an F? Just because all no. of us were so like to D. <coughs> yeah, okay, but I love mean, actually it's, it's, like, it's it's more entertaining. It's more and Krampus is like it, it. It has a. It's it's. I can see why someone would watch it. Also, love actually. Four percent of the people in Love Actually suck. F. 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 Love Actually is F. It's so F, bad. F tier. I don't like it. It's not actually. fun. I like when that I like all the, the the just how I'm rooting against literally every character in this movie. Um, Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's a solid. C- C- uh, that's, that's an A. That's an A. a. Oh, let's do it. I'm let's do it. Go with when, B to balance the C and D. When the, the C, tiny C and Tim version of Mickey Mouse comes out with the little club foot, it's adorable. I dare you to. Is, not this is the one too where they where they where he cuts the the bread slices that you can see through. Correct. No, that's Jack and the Beanstalk. Wow. Oh, correct. Right, but that's that is the, the part where uh, okay. uh, Goofy plays Jacob Marley, and he goes. Uh, for some reason, I maybe thought that was even longer. Way. All right, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. C. It's kind of boring. Kind of boring. It's a D for me. It's D, a D for yeah. me. I'm fine with D. D. It's got um, a few fun scenes, but like it's not a like the movie doesn't work. Muppets Christmas Carol. S. A. S plus. And I think it'll be here. So no, this is my single favorite. I know how Christmas much you guys love it. And I, I also love it. It's an A for me. Yeah, I got to as a side Gonzo's note. Gonzo's narration it's, is epic. It's not on I the list. I love the way that uh, I love the way that he just goes for it as Scrooge. I much anyway. pref- I much more prefer the um, you can find it on YouTube. It's like a Muppets Christmas and like Sesame Street comes over. It's the everyone yeah. goes to a house. I, I like that better than Muppets Christmas Carol personally, but I'll put this in A. Muppets Christmas Carol only works. Because Michael Caine yes. gives the most earnest Scrooge performance, and it's in a Muppet movie, and it just makes the whole movie. Like that is like it's just such a great. He's performance. the straight man for everything else happening. It's perfect. Yeah, I think this is my favorite Christmas Carol, but like Christmas Carol 1984 is an A here. Uh, Mickey's is in B A. Like they're all close. They're all good. You can't go wrong. Watch all three of those movies in a row. Don't do that. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. This is Burgermeister Meister Burger, correct? Correct. Oh. I like, yeah, I like this. Uh, I like the these. These are you, stupid, but I like them. You can sit in my lap today. A kiss of toy is the price you'll pay. Creepy movie. B. C. B. Oh. <laughs> it's still not bad. <laughs> Creepy movie, but still kind of good. It's exactly what it is. I don't know, man. It's a movie of its time. 
Eric, what would you give? Got like weird cold war propaganda stuff. All right, sweet. Scrooged. This is an A for me. Overrated. Um, I how dare you? Uh, Bill Murray (laughs) playing like the biggest jerk he can. Uh, So Bill Murray playing himself. The transition uh, from jerk Ebenezer Scrooge to believable nice guy Ebenezer Scrooge is weirdly satisfying. Um, It's also just it's the funniest Scrooge. I think also the best quote in this Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, Frankie. My my problem with I rewatched this movie and it just wasn't as funny as I remembered. Like I just didn't laugh nope. that much. I I like what about when the is weak. What about when the sensor is like like sprains her neck and he like flips her over and he goes, "Show me a nipple." <laughs> I'm put I'm putting it in C after that. So funny. Uh, okay, uh, the Grinch, the new one with Benedict Cumberbuns. This is the see? most bang average movie. It's I not, did not see it's, this movie. It's not bad. It's not good. It, it's an illumination movie. It's a C. That's I kind of like. I kind of think if you have small kids, it's an enjoyable version of the Grinch, and that's not as good as the really short because ones. They'll, but, they'll watch it and and not bother but, you. But but it's long. But it's longer, yeah. So you can just get more stuff done while they're watching it. Um. Okay. Wrap more presents or whatever. Nightmare Before Christmas. The music in this is really good. It's an A for me. I love the music. I really enjoy the animation style. I get that it's both like overdone and also kind of hipster hated. It's an A for me. I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's so overrated to me. Um, yeah, it's so overrated that like I I w- would have put it in S, but now I gotta drop it down to like A or B. I, I could be convinced of either. So it's a C for me. Uh, you guys, yeah, can we're, put, where it we're goes. putting it in B then because I think that's what's the difference between your A and your C. All right, the Polar Express. Speaking of movies with one good scene, D. Oh, the hot chocolate scene. <laughs> that's it. The that's hot the chocolate one. scene. Why? Because it's uh, it's. It's like the weirdest looking thing in cinema history. It's fun. Oh, we got it. Oh, oh, we got it. That is the most bizarre scene of the whole movie. I don't think. I just don't think. And then, and then it shows Tom Tom Hanks, and he's like, and he's kind of like looking off into like into like the void. He's like, "Ah." it's the oddest thing in the world. You uh, know, boy, I, I, I have something I can D. say, but whatever. I don't care. I'll I'll take a D on it just for Eric's performance and explaining it. Yeah, uh, it's it's not the book. Keep it in D. I'll uh, watch it probably twice this Tim, year. Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Re- watched this one See? recently. Bad. D. Okay, I've never liked this movie because I don't get why we're <laughs> celebrating a man who killed Santa. My wife points out he didn't murder Santa, and I said, "I know that he killed it. It's manslaughter. More importantly, Santa slaughter." Uh, secondary, me. secondary point. This is one of those movies of the '90s where you're like, "Why are the mom and the stepdad the bad guy? This guy clearly seems mentally ill, and they're yeah. trying to look after their kid." This is like in the '80s. There was always like cheeky fun where a babysitter died or something, but this is like in the '90s. It was more like irresponsible parenting is the best kind of parenting let's the send them to weeks. like a nuclear power facility for summer camp oh. uh all right then uh white white christmas i f bing crosby d boring d a i like it quite a bit and it's right. got a plot i enjoy it the songs uh, are great all right let's put it in, let's Rosemary put it in Clooney, up your butt let's put it in c then because <laughs> it nicely balances our tier list no as well said that. That's okay um, so this is, if you guys f- didn't figure it out, I was trying to do a thing. The only movie in the F tier is Love Actually. I'm okay Got with him. that. Okay, then S. 
uh, Die Hard Christmas, Grinch Stole Christmas, Home Alone. That is a that is the the pantheon. That is those movies deserve to be immortalized. Um, and I think that's the rest of the list looks pretty good. So, all right, if you have a favorite Christmas movie, tell us on the Discord. Your favorite holiday classics for Eric for Kevin. Uh, if you say, I will ban you from the Discord. We'll see you next week. <laughs> go, go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs>